2: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right now, 651-641-1071. We all were watching last night the uh, much-anticipated Harry and Meghan interview with Oprah Winfrey on CBS. A two-hour interview. We had a lot of uh, curiosity before it was released about how much they would actually reveal in this interview. And I think it's safe to say uh, we were all... Pleased, surprised, yeah. amazed. Mm-hmm. Um, su- surpri- I already said surprised at how much they actually did reveal. Um, but we wanted to ask you, what did you think? What were your questions? What were your thoughts? 651 641 1071. Let's go to the phones. We have Stacy on the line. Hi, Stacy. Hi, Stacy.
0: Hi. Colleen, something I thought you'd particularly find interesting. At the very end, they just touched on it. They touched on. Diana and Charles tour of Australia oh, as yeah. well as Megan and Harry. Yeah. And that one of the problems with Diana was that she was more the media darling. Everybody liked her better than the future King.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's kind of why they kind of like stifled her and put her in the background. And I feel like Henry and Megan, she already had celebrity. She's getting all this media attention instead of the future King William and his perfect little family right. I think there's some jealousy within the family about who's getting the media attention and oh, that, why.
2: that is a really interesting take Thank you Stacy yeah, for your Stacey. call and thank you for mm-hmm. that um that perspective and if you've got you know anybody who wants to share what they thought or if you had any questions six five one six four one one oh seven one you know, I think it's interesting, like she said, that, uh, that they brought up that Australia tour mm-hmm. and how Diana was received and also how Meghan was received. And I just, that made me think of this great tweet we just got from our friend Panda, who said, I love that Diana is giving the monarchy the finger from the grave and helping Harry and Meghan to leave. <laughs> and it is really interesting to kind of pull apart the synchronicities of, um, and and Harry does it himself, yeah. um, by talking about not wanting history to repeat itself.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he mentions that, and you know, to Panda's point specifically, the comment that Prince Harry said that he used the inheritance he received from Princess Diana yeah. upon her death to launch his new life with Megan in the United States and that financially it would not have been feasible if he did not have that inheritance.
2: You know, and like if you are kind of an ooey wooey person, you you and even if you're not, there's something kind of I'm going to say sweet and lovely about how it seems like she's looking out for him sure you know from beyond the grave uh 651-641-1071 what were your thoughts what were your questions let's go to jack jack is on the line hi jack jack what was your take from the interview last night
0: well from the bottom of my heart i truly value that megan uh, told us the truth about uh who cried at the wedding because Mm. Kate Middleton is a gracious woman, in my opinion. And the fact that she was willing to share that so graciously uh, against what the British tabloid press said, Mm -hmm. I just think that they are allies. I think those two women will be friends for life.
2: Thank you for your call, Jack. And thanks also for that take. You know, um, what he's referring to is the fact that the story that we were all told was that uh, that there was a rift between Meghan and Kate having to do with the uh, flower girl dress and the way the tabloids spun it was that uh, Megan made Kate cry. Mm -hmm. And that's the story we heard. Nobody really knew what the, what the actual argument was about, but we were all sort of told by the media how to feel about those two women. Yeah. And it pitted them against each other. Well, in this interview, Megan set the record straight and said, actually the reverse is true. That, Kate made Megan cry with some disagreement about the flower girl's dresses, but that Kate apologized, wrote a letter. They kind of buried the hatchet on that.
1: Yeah. And here's the exact quote that Megan said. She said, that I don't quote and I don't say that to be disparaging to anyone because it was a really hard week of the wedding and she was upset about something, but she owned it and she apologized, she being Kate. And she brought me flowers and a note apologizing and she did what I would do if I knew I hurt someone right just to take accountability for it. So that privately it seems like Megan and Kate from those words came to an amicable meeting of, of opinions on whatever happened.
2: Let's go to the phones again. Missy's on the line. Hi, Missy. Hi, miss What Hi. was your takeaway from uh, the the interview last night?
3: I really, I I guess I believe the media, and I feel bad about this, but I'm so gullible. But I didn't like Megan. Right. I, I kind of always had a bad taste in my mouth about her, and I didn't like some of her political issues, and you know, I I kind of thought she was phony. But the part. And I I started watching it late, and so I got to that. I turned on the TV, and I'd been taping it. But the part that um, I turned on was when she was talking about her despair. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she had talked about how she had lost so much. And exactly the moment when she said that she had told Harry that she didn't want to live anymore Mm -hmm. and that she was having this depression, and the only way out, you know, was these thoughts of suicide. And I identified with her Mm as a mom. I had antenatal and postpartum depression. And at my darkest moment, I had that really terrifying conversation with my own husband. Mm -hmm. And I saw that look in her face and I immediately, I identified with her Mm -hmm. and I didn't see an actress as so many people have been saying, well, she's an actress. And I thought, no, 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 no. I, I see that. I recognized it, and my heart went out to her because I've been there. And it was really painful because immediately I remember what that moment was like and those thoughts that are racing in your head and not being able to escape and how terrifying it is to have to tell your partner that you're not safe to be alone, Mm. that you can't be alone by yourself because you don't feel safe. And I felt that, and I thought, I identify with you and I may not like her. I may not I I may not agree with, you know, who she is or what what she else believes in, but I can empathize with her and she's she made me remember my humanity. Yeah. And I was like that really really touched me and if any good can come out of this interview, it's that mental health affects everyone. It doesn't matter, it doesn't it doesn't discriminate based on wealth or privilege or social standing. Mental health happens to everybody and we all need to remember our humanity.
2: Oh, Missy, you couldn't have said it better. Thank you for your call. Oh, thanks, Missy. You're um welcome.
3: and and you know what Missy's talking
2: about and, and and that really was like a huge and we haven't really talked about it yet on this show. That was a huge revelation from Megan talking about the time in her life when she was they were expecting Archie um and she you know was not leaving the house. I mean she wasn't mm-hmm. going places. You know, right. um you know she would talk about talking with uh members of the firm who would say, oh really don't go. You know she wanted to go out for lunch yeah, she with just a wanted friend,
1: to do things with her friends. Yeah,
2: and they were like, you know how would that look? Because the the stories are this, and if you go out to lunch, that's going to look like you don't care what's being said about you or you don't care about this thing. And she was like, I just want to go to lunch with my friends. I've been in the house for. 16 days how could I how could anything look like anything I haven't gone anywhere Mm -hmm. um anyway she talked about how trapped she felt and the intrusive thoughts she was experiencing and that when she went to try to seek help within the firm that they were not willing to help her yeah and um that is uh, that I think was a huge revelation Mm -hmm. for people and like Missy said you do start to realize how much how susceptible we all are to the stories we are told by the media in the ways that they're told specifically the tabloid media, right. That show us, uh, that vilify one person or one perspective when we don't really have the whole story. Right. 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 Oh, Emma is on the line. Let's go to Emma. Hi, Emma.
3: Hi, Colleen. Um, I just wanted to say that I'll, I'll try and be quick. Um, I'm biracial myself, so I can relate with Megan and not on the rich part. But anyway, (laughs) um,
2: we all wish that was the part that we could relate to her on. Right. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yeah. Um, She just seemed like a real person. And you got to see her beyond the tabloids. And I had a question to Harry when he said that he was trapped in this royal life for his whole life. Um, maybe you guys can
2: enlighten me on that. Uh, on what it felt like for him to be trapped.
3: Yeah. Like why he would say that it seemed like, you know, yeah. his whole life was privileged. So right. why think-
2: would that be a trap? Yeah, I hear mm-hmm. you. I mean, that's a really good question, Emma. Thank you for your call. Um, thank you. uh, have a great day. Uh, and, and yeah, and thank you for lending your perspective. So, I, I think, you know, it's hard to, like, speak, because I think what Emma's hearing, right, it's hard to hear a person who grew up in enormous privilege, mm-hmm. who did not want for anything, talk about being trapped. Sure, sure. um But I think the nuance of that, again, so this is the thing that I, I'm, I'm having seven thoughts all at once, but I'm going to try to synthesize all of them the thing I found really curious and that I wanted to know more about is what is the experience of Harry now being a civilian? Because I think that that's kind of a unique experience. Yeah. I think when he talked about being trapped, it's like when you're in the Royal family, it's, it is like you said, Holly, like being in a cult.
1: Right. Well, that's what it, immediately to my mind in the way that Harry and Megan were talking about, the institution, the firm, the British royal family.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and they made pains to say, you know, there is the actual family, the relations that ships that we have with these individuals. And then there within that there's also the institution of the British monarchy mm-hmm. that has existed for over a thousand years. Right. So
2: by and the rules and the regulations and the, um, yes. what's that called? Like the hierarchy and titles and yeah. all of that stuff.
1: Right, that you're a part of this system that exists beyond you. Mm-hmm. That you find yourself in that. So I think Harry speaking about being trapped, being, what do I, what would I do if I... Leave this system. So that also, like, who are you outside well, of right, this system? And that also speaks to, like, the cult-like nature in as much as it controls everything, your finances. Right. It controls the way that you, that you live and relate to the world. And then what would I be when I leave that system? And, you know, one of the things that I, that was really like, oh yeah, okay. Thinking about the fact that they were talking about security so mm-hmm. much. And it's like, well, of course you have to think about security so much if you're Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, because you will become the targets of people who want to perhaps use you as a leveraging tool to get to other people in positions of power. So they're thinking in ways that, you know, little old me and my sedan and my, you know, everyday anonymity, I'm not thinking in those
2: terms. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that security issue, and that was seemed to be like the straw that broke the camel's back. Let's let Hannah have the final word uh, as we're sort of wrapping up here. Hi, Hannah. What were your thoughts on Harry and Meghan's interview last night?
0: Hi. Um, I also didn't really know exactly how I felt about Megan. Um my initial feelings kind of went to that like kind of um snotty yeah. idea of like Like how the media tried to shape Harry. her for us. Oh. <laughs> well she I felt like she was like taking Harry away from his family. Yeah. But The way that they described everything last night was so eye opening. And I think it's incredible to see how the tabloids pit William and Harry against each other so much when what I got out of it was really more Charles being the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the end, I can't believe that I would think like Harry, Prince Harry is this, you know, um, like childlike boy who needs. Uh, woman to take control and stuff. I mean, he's literally lived in um, really powerful positions his whole life. Right. And it made me see him more as um, the kind of husband that, like, Charles should have been. Yes. Oh, Hannah. Thank,
2: thank you so much for your call. Like I said, I came out of it thinking I am the world's biggest Harry fan now uh, because he was just such an attentive, loving, caring husband and all of that.